Welcome into Locked on Knicks, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. It's that time again, Green Room, Alex. We are joined by our first guest, Asim, in this one to talk a variety of draft stuff. What are, what are we getting into in this one? Yeah, we got into a lot of great stuff with Asim in the first episode. We talk about Sharif Cooper, the reported six foot three, six foot four measurement that he came through with in the combine, but I sort of debunked that and why. That apparently is probably not true, and he's probably closer to six feet or maybe even slightly lower. Uh, but we still talk through Sharif Cooper a little bit and the and his candidacy as a Knicks draft pick. Uh, we talk about some guys that the Knicks could potentially get through the draft that can shoot and attack closeouts, which obviously is very important. And if the Knicks need to upgrade their backup center spot. So lots of draft talk, lots of talk about guys that the Knicks could be looking at in a month's time. So a lot of fun. We'll get into it next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You're Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. And this episode conveniently is brought to you by Green Room. Download the app and join Alex and I. Well, it already happened, but join us next week, Thursday at 5.30, to get in on the action. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Again, I'm Gavin Shaw, a resumed play-by-play broadcaster. He is Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the greatest Knicks website out there, Strickland. And without further ado, let's get into it. We're about to talk draft right now on Green Room. Oh wait, we actually we have we have a speaker request already, so maybe uh, maybe we should just go right into that. For context, guys, Alex and I were uh, we're talking about the locked on uh, mock draft where we got uh, Jaden Springer with our first pick, and we're hoping uh, the Hawks do not take uh, Sharif Cooper with the second. Um, but yeah, we can we can talk about that more if you guys want to, um, or we can save it for when we actually do a full podcast on it at some point. But our first speaker request was actually Asim Batiste, uh, so I'm going to bring him up. Uh, Asim, what's up, man? Sorry if I'm uh, butchering your name, but hopefully, I, I, I'm sure I said this the first time you came on, but hopefully I'm getting it right. You there, Asim? Yeah, yeah, Alex, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah now I can. Okay, how's it going, guys? Not too bad, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, man. I was just listening in the conversation you guys were having about Sharif Cooper. Um, I gotta wonder, with the uh, measurements that came from the combine with him being 6'3 and a quarter, in sneakers, does that push him up the board a little bit because uh, the concerns were, you know, his shooting, but also his height. They, you know, they felt like he was a, a very small player, but just that short span of time that he's grown, does that kind of push him up the board? Maybe late lottery, you know, uh, mid teens. I think there's still been conflicting reports on if that number is legit or not because. He was supposed to have been opting out of the measurement portion. So I don't know why. And if you look at the like anthrometric page or whatever that has all the, the various measurements for all the guys, he's not he doesn't have anything but the height in there, which is oh, very okay. peculiar to me. So there's been talk that that like that might be a mistake because oh, okay. a lot of people. Were, I mean, I think the reason they opted out is because he's listed six one. And a lot of people I've talked to that 
seem to know things a little better as as far as like he's concerned or whatever seem to think that he might actually like if he actually did a measurement he might come up like five foot ten. Oh um, wow yeah so i think that's I, if that's legit and i mean it's not unheard of guys do have growth spurts at like 19 20 years old um i mean it, even non-nba caliber people like i grew an inch after high school like it it happens sometimes but i i don't know for sure if uh if that number's legit or not if it is though yeah I, i'm in total agreement with you i do think that would that would get some teams more interested. Um, and I guess it's possible because he did shut himself down early. So last we saw of him was like six months ago, but I don't really know if he would have put on like three, four inches in that time. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Th- just so a, may- just yeah, to follow right. up for you guys, what, uh, what would be some other prospects uh, that we would be able to get and maybe a few, also a few free agent targets that would kind of give you uh, – what they have in Atlanta, guys that can shoot, but guys that also can attack off the dribble and attack the closeout. Uh, because as we've seen through all of these rounds, um, you know, what Atlanta's been doing, it kind of makes the fact that the Knicks uh, beat them three times during the year and actually took a game off of them in the first round. It looks a lot better when you see the way they went through Philly and how they went into Milwaukee last night to get a win. So just – because that's my thing. We don't. We we had shooting, but we didn't have guys that could really attack off the dribble outside of Derrick Rose consistently. And uh, the team they were just loading up on Julius, and they were hiding Trey Young on uh, on Reggie the, the whole series, and we couldn't find a way to exploit that at all. And that's something that you know Philly looks like they're gonna. I mean Philly. Is not going anywhere. Brooklyn is not going anywhere. And Atlanta looks like they're staking their claim to be a top four team. So we're going to have to deal with them for the future. So just, uh, you know, what do you think would be the best thing that we could get as far as talent in here to fill those kind of roles that uh, that they have? In yeah, it's it's funny because we, we, we literally see We were doing a podcast earlier. Um, talking about just that and, and kind of saying, like, you, you, you go through the playoffs and what's what's the defining quality of all these teams? It, it's two-way wings. Like, the Suns, Mikhail Bridges, Torrey Craig, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, they're, they're stacked in that respect. The Clippers also absolutely loaded to the point that they can play all these small lines because they have Marcus Morris, they have Batum, they have Paul George, they have Kawhi Leonard, they have Terrence Mann, on and on and on. Atlanta, Herter, Hunter, uh, Cam Reddish, again, when those guys are, when those guys are healthy. Um, but but these teams are, are loaded with these guys who can play defense and then can pass, dribble, and shoot. And it's easier said than done, right? Because that's it, it's the single most desirable commodity in the league. Like someone like Mikhail Bridges is going to get over $20 million when he's a free agent. Someone like Kevin Herter could surprise you out of nowhere and get like $18 million when, when he becomes a free agent. That, that's sort of the reality of the NBA right now is those guys are in high, high demand. So the question is, like, can you find some in the draft? Because that's that's what Atlanta did. Or, or can you find them, like, surprising on the cheap? Because that, that's sort of what, obviously, Phoenix drafted Bridges and then they drafted Johnson. But they also signed Crowder for, like, $11 million a year. I want to say that looks like a complete steal right now with, with everything he can do. They, they got Torrey Craig from Milwaukee essentially for nothing. And Craig's not a great example of what you're asking about because he's not really great off the dribble. But he can really guard and he can, he can attack some mismatches and he can kind of shoot. Um, so where did the Knicks find those guys on the margins? I don't know because they're, they're, you go through the top free agents, and even even when we're talk, when we're not even discussing who's realistic to get, 
there just aren't a lot of those guys who are, are going into free agency this year. Like during the podcast, I mentioned someone like Bruce Brown. I find pretty interesting. Who's not really an off the dribble guy, but is someone um, the Nets made use of as, as sort of a, a weird, like extreme small ball five in that he was kind of rim running off of stars. I don't think that would really work um, in, in a context outside of the Nets, but I do think he's, he's a pretty useful two-way player. Um, but to your point, I, I think the real way you find those guys without paying an insane premium for them is in the draft. And this year, maybe someone like Jaden Springer, who we were just kind of mentioning is, is maybe one of those key guys. He, he is a really, he, like, he's not an incredible athlete yet, but he's a pretty interesting off the dribble game. And then Jared Butler is more of a point guard, but he has one of the more advanced handles in the entire draft and is someone who could feasibly be available for the Knicks in the twenties. Because remember part of the issue for the Knicks right now is, is they don't, is even beyond the wings, um, to your point, outside of Rose, they don't really have a point guard that can win off the dribble. Like quickly is is kind of sort of getting there, and like Elf obviously isn't going to be on the team next year. So you, first of all, you need to just have that at your point guard spot. Then you have to hope RJ makes a jump, and then you you just need that one more guy in there that can that can pass dribble shoot. Um, and I, I think I think ultimately the draft is going to be the best place to find that. So whether it's it's a Sharif Cooper, um, whether it's a Jared Butler, whether it's a Jaden Springer. Or, or maybe it's maybe it's a free agent that the Knicks luck into. Like you, you just you have to be so so sharp in those margin moves and and like whether it was Atlanta, like they kind of snaked Bogdanovich from Sacramento for um or, or they just signed him as a restricted free agent and he was he was worth every penny so far. Um or or Crowder, like you got to find those guys on the margins that are undervalued and it's it's easier said than done because every single team wants those guys. But Alex, I'll, I'll throw it over to you for any thoughts on that. This episode is brought to you by Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Alex, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Knicks once a week. So yes, you, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to on here every single day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll have a chance to chat with both of us for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. So be sure to join us next week, Thursday at 5.30. We'll be hosting a room then. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. You can follow me at Gavin Shaw, Alex at Alex Wolf, to be notified when our room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. Again, we'll have a room Thursday next week at 5.30. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Knicks. We'll see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, guys, we'll be back in just a sec. But first, today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. I've certainly been enjoying my sons of late. And now back to the show. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all the names you threw out there. Um, Certainly Springer. I mean, we just took him in the, like I said, in the locked on mock draft, which will We'll be doing more on soon, I'm sure. Um, but you know, if, if the and there were no trades allowed in this one, we were we were the wheeling dealing kings of last year's uh, <laughs> mock draft. So the second that the the next one comes around that they allow trades in, we're going to be going nuts, just like last year. But uh, it, you know, if the Knicks hold Springer's good, Zaire Williams, you know, if he falls, I think is a good potential prospect there. I still think BJ Boston, you know, I mean, it might be a reach for the Knicks to take him at 21, but maybe they find some team that wants to trade up to take some other player and then are able to secure Boston, you know, around pick 25, 26, something like that. 
Um, I think he would be a good guy to look at because of that Kentucky pedigree. Um, and just the, you know, the fact that he's sort of a, a shot at someone who could be much greater than, you know, what his draft spot would be. Um, if, especially if you get sort of a high floor guy at pick 19 or something, um, that could be a good, a good way to approach it there. Um, I I'll throw him out there. I mean, again, I've been hearing his name sometimes, but it depends on who you talk to. I mean, I see his name floated anywhere from, you know, in the, the middle of the top 10 to all the way to the Knicks at 21. But James Booknight of uh, UConn, I think is certainly a guy that there's, there's concerns over whether he's going to be able to hit the three at the NBA level. Cause he sort of regressed in that, uh, that way in college this year and shot under 30%. But he, he like was the UConn offense. I mean, I, I think that there's something to be said for when you have a guy that is literally the entire offensive game plan for a certain team, it's kind of hard to knock him for low shooting percentages when he's shooting a ton of pull-ups and, and all that from three that are often contested. Um, so, you know, I, I think maybe there's a chance that his three-point shot is better than we think, but certainly his ability to get to the rim is maybe unparalleled to almost anybody in this draft class. And I mean, that's saying something. Um, he's so, so good at getting to the rim, absorbing contact, actually making those shots, not just kind of tossing up a prayer. Like he's, he's good at absorbing the contact and then reconfiguring his body to still get up a quality shot attempt on the inside. And granted it was against college competition, but I think it should translate for him into the pros. So he's a guy that I've really liked during this whole process that I, I've had kind of pegged on my board for months that I thought would be out of the Knicks range, but maybe he's a trade-up candidate. You know, if they can get up to around 13th, 14th pick, depending on how the board breaks, he might be available. Um, trying to think what other players. I mean, we already mentioned Sharif, who I think is really good at that, although he's a little on the shorter side, you know. But in theory, I think Sharif Cooper could offer you, like, sort of like what Alfred Payton would have offered if he <laughs> – as you say, if he had a brain, that's kind of mean. But like, if he played to his top level every night, you know, that's maybe what Sharif Cooper can offer you on offense. Defensively, I think he's going to struggle a bit because of the, the size issue, and he'll only be a one-position defender, which is not ideal in today's NBA. But he's certainly a guy I would look at. Um, Trying to think who else. I mean, as far as like the the guys that create off the dribble, those are the those are the ones that really come to mind for me. Um, and those are probably the, so, honestly, like I said, I, I think book night, if you can get him and you want someone that can, that can penetrate and create off the dribble and, you know, beat closeouts and that sort of thing. I, I think he might be one of the best options in the draft for the Knicks. I, I don't know for sure if you want to like trade your two picks for him uh, when you could easily get some good players still at 19 and 21. Um, maybe if they can move like 19 and 32 to move up like five, six spots for him, that would be preferable to me. Um, but I guess we'll see. And I guess the dream guy, I was just saying this in the comments a minute ago, but the dream guy for me would be if, if Moses Moody slips, I think that he's a really good all around player. Um, that would be a good, good bet for the Knicks to trade up for if he became available at like pick 12, 13, something like that. And some team was willing to, to move down for a package of a couple of the Knicks picks, um, you know, even like 19 and 21 and maybe a future second or something. That's a deal that I would, I would feel really comfortable making. Cause I, I think that he's going to be 
a really legit player um, in the NBA as well. That's extremely versatile. Like went from went from be- being kind of a facilitator in high school because he played on like one of the most stacked high school teams ever. It was like him and Cade and um, I forget who the who the third guy was, but there was like three guys that are all going very high this year in the draft. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he played with those guys and, and kind of played like more of a facilitator then goes to Arkansas and was a primary scorer this year and did that in a variety of ways. I just think if you're looking for like versatile players, he's, he's definitely a good way to go. Um, but did you have anybody that, that you've been thinking of a team as far as, as far as guys are concerned? Um, yeah, I was looking at guy, uh, a lot of the guys that you name. I think Book Knight, like you said, would be, you know, part of the dream along with Moses Moody. I know uh, he probably will be excited to play for the Knicks, being that he's from New York. So that's pretty much every New York kid's dream. Um, but my biggest thing is I wanted to know. Also, I'm looking at a lot of centers, and I know people are saying, well, why are you looking at center when you have Mitch? Mitch is hurt. We don't know what he's going to look like coming back from that broken foot. And once Mitch went out, God bless Taj and Nerlens. They did the best that they could, but not having him in a way kind of cost the Knicks the series against Atlanta because without that lob threat going to the basket, Capella was just stationed in the paint and waiting for Julius to make all of his drives to the basket. And if you got to think if you at least have Mitch there, it's a deterrent to kind of stray away too far just because Julius can throw it up anywhere near the rim and Mitch could go get it. So I was looking at guys like Isaiah Jackson um, from Kentucky and another guy like Kai Jones from Texas, guys that are, uh, you know, 6'11", 6'10", explosive leapers. Uh, anybody that can give you something as close to what Mitch can give you, because not having Mitch against Atlanta, against Atlanta it hurt tremendously. All right, we're going to take our second break. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar, which, if you have not heard, is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors. You know what? Let me list them all out for you. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And you can occasionally get some limited time flavors. But you guys already know my favorite flavor is coconut almond. It tastes just like an almond joy. But I don't have to get all that guilt from eating an Almond Joy. There's not all that fat and calories and all the sugar and everything else. Because Built Bars, while tasting like a candy bar, give you 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So they taste fantastic, and they're good for you. Good to help you recover from a hard workout. So if you want to get some for yourself, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in baseball and are obviously in the playoffs in the NBA and NHL. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. 
Again, that's 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag with promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, Asim, I feel like you're psychic because this, this was our other big uh, conversation we had. On, on, we did cover a lot on our podcast today, but yeah, but you're, you're, you're hitting all the notes. Um, but yeah, we, we were talking about this. I was suggesting a guy whose, whose last name I have no idea how to pronounce, so excuse me on that. But um, Alperin Sengun is someone who's kind of underrated the center out of Turkey. He won MVP of the Turkish League, which is one of the maybe, maybe the second best uh, non-NBA league in the world as an 18-year-old, and um, not really a rim runner, but someone who is like a very advanced post-game for his age, can shoot already, smart passer, some questions defensively, but I the only the only area I'd push back on is like I don't think they necessarily need someone in the Mitch mode. I think what we're seeing more and more is if you're going to be a center and you're going to play deep into the playoffs, you, you just have to be very multifaceted. You have to be, if not elite elite defensively, like good enough like to, to slide your feet and not get played off the floor when another team goes small. You still have to be big enough to protect the rim to some extent. And then offensively, like ideally you'd be able to space the floor, but at the very least you need to be able to take advantage of mismatches. Like it, like what we saw the Clippers do to the Jazz that whole series is they were just, they were plugging smaller guys on Rudy Gobert, whether it was Marcus Morris or at times even like a Reggie Jackson or like a Pat Bev and saying like, all right, are you going to throw it to Rudy Gobert and tell him to like, back down one of our guards or forwards. Um, you want to build your offense around that? Go ahead. We'll just outscore you. And Utah kind of was like gritted their teeth and was like, oh, they caught us. And then and the Clippers won four games in a row and it was all over. And and if you're a center in the NBA, I, 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 the further you advance, at some point a team will dare you to, to beat them with your big. And if your big can't do that and, and you can't go small, then you're done. You're dead. So you got to find someone who can do that. And Mitch, we, we all know that he can survive defensively, but there's still questions if like offensively, if he can do that, maybe for him, it's just, it's setting a screen and then rolling to the rim. Um, the reasons I have questions about that is because if teams just sort of switch that, like, can you throw a lob over the top and get it to him? The Knicks haven't had guards capable of doing that. And, and maybe that's just about having better point guard play down the road, but he, he's, he's an interesting question um, or he's an interesting guy in terms of that question. But to your point, I'm, I'm not really opposed to the idea of like trying to find either a more versatile option at center or like we brought this up to um, uh, Jonathan Macri today when he came on and what, and his response was like, all right, or is your response just like, maybe you shouldn't invest that much in, in center play. And the issue with that is it seems like it, it's sort of an essential part of Tibbs's identity to have rim protection on the court at all times. So I wonder if you would be willing to ever fully commit to going small and trying to out small ball teams. But Alex, it's kind of, that's kind of just a rehash of, of what we talked about earlier. Do you do you have any thoughts on like, on the specific prospects, because I know I, I, I really like Kai Jones. I want to learn more about him, but he seems like the guy who is the most upside in that spot and that he is like that athletic rim runner, but it seems like he has a little bit of potential as a shooter as well. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil too much about the show with Macri. Cause we went, we, it, we're going to drop that. I think Monday and Tuesday next week, but we, we went pretty deep in the second part about draft guys and who we might target. But I, st- I kind of started this on Twitter today too. Uh, my my love affair for this guy, but if if Jalen Johnson falls to the Knicks at nineteen, he's not a guy. I mean, he's a guy that I think is talented enough to trade up for in a vacuum. It, but this isn't a vacuum; like it's not a position of need for the Knicks. Like he would be, it would be a best player available sort of situation if you take him and you're the Knicks at at nineteen because I, I think he's mostly a four. But when I watch him play, like. I mean, I th- I think that he has that sort of 
look to him like he could be a small ball five. And maybe, maybe this is like really showing my type of player, but it, in some ways he kind of reminds me of Brandon Clark a little bit. And that it, it, who is obviously my, my huge draft love of two years ago um, in the 2019 draft. But he kind of reminds me of him in a way in that he's, he's like six, nine, you know, he's not, enormous he's not like a I guess Clark I think is a more elite athlete than him as far as like leaping ability and stuff but I mean Johnson had really I think good timing for you know blocks and steals in college like he swallowed guys up on the inside and granted the competition is a little smaller in the NCAA but he also didn't play in a nothing conference he played in the ACC you know where you're running into to tougher opponents than you know a lot of college basketball so I think He's a guy I would, I would definitely take at 19 if he fell because I know it's it's a lot of capital to be investing in your front court in that case because you have Julius Randle, who you're probably going to max. You have Obi Toppin, who you just spent a lottery pick on last year. You have Mitchell Robinson, who you're about to probably extend. So that's already three guys that you're paying an okay chunk of money and, and uh, investment in. But I, I would still take him. I mean, I just think... I think that he offers, I mean, we've talked about could Obi potentially be the small ball five next year. I still have real concerns about his size, his ability to rebound, um, you know, that sort of thing. And especially, you know, I, I don't know that he could really be the, not that I think Johnson is going to be a bona fide, like Nerlens Noel, Mitchell Robinson rim protector, but I have even more worries about Obi potentially becoming, you know, some semblance of a rim protector to, you know, supplement, Julius Randle, who can't really do that. I, I think Johnson might be able to hold his own for some of those. And I think that, I, you know, I don't necessarily know for certain that he's going to be a great shooter. He only took like 18 attempts in college, but he did shoot uh, 44% from three on those. Made I think it was 8 of 18. I just looked that up today. Um, so I don't know how much you can really trust that. That's such a small sample size. But if the potential exists for him to be a shooter, he seems to be a pretty good passer a decent enough rebounder, and then he's also a pretty good defender, he's a guy I would definitely look at like as a, a small ball five sort of option. Um, and then like as much as Sengun, uh, <laughs> apologies from me as well for his last name pronunciation, but uh, as intriguing as he is to me, um, I, I just don't know for sure. Like he He is a different level of big that, I'm not 100% certain that I'd feel comfortable investing in. But, you know, as you said, it seemed like Mitch, you know, his injury history now is starting to pile up. Some of them, I think, were for, for kind of freak injuries that you can't really plan for, like the broken hand this year. but And that shouldn't affect him going forward. But we have seen foot injuries affect bigs going forward. So, you know, that's very much up in the air. So if the right big comes along and the Knicks don't trade – you know, their way up at all. I I wouldn't really feel comfortable trading up to then take a big and not be able to also draft a wing prospect. But if one sort of falls into their lap at 19 and it's best player available, and you still feel confident that two picks later, you can get a quality wing or guard. And then you also have your eye on someone at pick 32, then, you know, I might be comfortable with it. So um, I guess that, that's kind of long winded, but yeah, I, I think, a guy like Jalen Johnson is the type of guy that I think would be the sort of big I would be targeting in this particular draft or Garuba, but he's another story, but Garuba, I think is just going to be a really positionally versatile, uh, four or five, you know, hybrid that can guard a lot of people 
all the way out to the perimeter. So he's he's kind of interesting to me too. Yeah. All right. See, we got uh, like four other people who want to come up and speak. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send you down. But any anything you want to plug, promote, share social media, or anything before we uh, we send you off. Um, no, just, uh, I want to say, appreciate the, the work you guys do with the podcast, man. It's a great listen. It helps me get through a work day. And, uh, just again, man, uh, for everybody else that's listening, if you haven't tried it, try Built Bar. I didn't know anything about Built Bar before <laughs> the fellas told me about it. And it's like one of my favorite things to have wow. without, you know, when we working, you know, cause, uh, I work, I drive the, uh, the MTA city buses. So it's kind of hard to move around lunch wise so you have a built bar it's like a little snack in between it's pretty good so you know just keep up the good work look forward to uh hearing the latest episodes with macri and uh keep doing a great job oh yeah i'll send you your royalty check in the mail for the built bar plug man <laughs> thank <laughs> <Damn. you. laughs> all right all right all thank right. you so much all right. yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk to you soon man All right, guys, that's it for this Green Room edition of Fan Friday, but don't be alarmed. We'll be back tomorrow and then on Sunday for part three of this conversation with you guys. We really enjoy it. We're going to get into some super exciting stuff. Debating next episode, would we trade Julius Randle for the third pick in the draft? Plus some other stuff. Um, It's it's a one-sided debate, but it's it's an intense one, and we, we go through a lot of different angles on it. It was some provocative questions from our guy, Omar. All that and more next time on Locked on Nick.